I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch episodes of the great show Daria and relate it to our current world. Welcome to the first episode of Sicker Sadder World. As some of you may know, assuming that you are Daria fans, last week marked the 20th anniversary of the first episode of Daria coming out in yeah. 1997. And Brittany came to me about a couple months ago. And I said, please, please, please do this Daria podcast with me. And I said, this is the ask I didn't even know I was waiting for. Yeah. It just feels like fertile soil to really plant shit on because of the current political climate and i mean who doesn't love some some classic 90s nostalgia first of all first of all the escapism element just totally makes sense but second of all daria is a character she's so cynical and doesn't really trust the masses and she kind of you know marches to the beat of her own indie boy drummer that she just seemed like a really great character to mine for. Daria was very important to me in high school and in my formative years. I was in high school at the same time she was. So um, yeah, her class graduated in 2002, uh, which was the same year I graduated high school. And so I feel like I grew up with her a little bit. Um, but she was definitely way cooler than I was in high school, but also less cool in the sense that I I feel like I was one of those floaters that the different cliques got along with, but didn't necessarily fully embrace as their own. But I was not as cool as Daria in the sense that I never spoke my mind the way she did. She was just so incredibly intelligent, cutting. She just, it was a little bit cathartic to watch her just totally. say exactly what you wished you could say to these people especially when you're in high school which is such a nightmare yeah totally i was a daria fan um because i was actually a beavis and butthead fan and she was a side character she was one of beavis and butthead's classmates that was clearly so much more intelligent than they were that was a very low bar but yet she tolerated them, you know? And uh, so it was cool to me that they created an entire show based off her because that is definitely a point of view that I wanted to see. And she's just a badass. She's just a, you know, 15-year-old who hates everyone. Who I think, um, you know, definitely in 2017 is who I feel like. Oh, yeah. I would follow her on Twitter. Like I would, I would follow, follow her to the moon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to revisit her as adults, though, and see where her shadowy sides are. Yeah, I mean, I think she definitely did get a lot right. And oh, I think that's sure. why this show is so timeless, because so much of what she's saying is so applicable now. Um, Thank you for being with us. And before we get into the first episode, Esteemsters... Let's listen to this amazing cover of the Daria theme song that our dear friend Mindy Jones put together for us in one afternoon because she's a genius. La 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 This is my style Got to get up me. Excuse me. 
I just feel like I need to point out, even though people won't be able to see us, that right now we are currently wearing full-on 90s. I'm in overalls. And I'm in a Kurt Cobain-inspired oversized t-shirt button-up and cardigan. Yeah. So We just, plan on going this meta every episode. Yes, we will describe what we're wearing at the beginning of every episode. Perfect. But yeah, episode one, Esteemsters. So, Esteemsters aired on March 2nd, 1997 on MTV, and the pilot episode starts with Daria's family moving from Highland, which was a setting in Beavs and Butthead, to Lawndale. And Quinn and Daria's dad, Jake, is dropping them off at school, which, first of all, do you know any dads named Jake? No, but it's fitting that he goes by Jake, not Jacob, because he's a little bit of a man-child. That's true. He's sort of that archetype of the, the bumbling idiot dad. Right. That, like, later, like, the Phil in Modern Family type character. Totally. Um, which, I mean, we'll talk about the mom later, but that juxtaposition. <laughs> oh, we will talk about the mom. <laughs> I just think it's hey, funny that, like, girl. my dad, Jake, or, like, my dad, Chad, my dad, Travis. It's right. just going to be, it's going to be sad when everyone's dad's name is Connor and Aiden. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, his Jake fits his personality. Totally. Um, so, so yeah, he's dropping them off at school, and Quinn is instantly popular with the fashion club, who we will learn way more about in later seasons. And Daria is pretty immediately delivering her dry um, commentary about, you know, she's aware of the dynamic going in. She anticipates that Quinn is going to have no problem making friends, and she knows that she herself is not going to... It's not going to be a smooth transition. No. Which, you know, a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy there, to be honest. <laughs> it's like when you go into a situation and you know it's going to suck and then it sucks. Exactly. And you tell everyone how much it's going to suck. But thematically, the next scene, actually, they so they they get to the school and I've never heard of anything like this before. Like a psychological test? Yeah. For, I wish that they had them. For all of the new students at Lawndale, they have to take a psychological test. Mm-hmm. Which I don't even understand what the purpose would be. Maybe just to see where they socialize. They're basically like inkblot tests. Yeah. But it's a great scene to show the difference between Quinn and Daria. Quinn being like very vapid, cares only about fashion and boys. um, And then... Well, would we say? Cares most about fashion and boys. But I feel like she actually cares most about social anthropology. (laughs) No, totally. She's a huge anthropologist. She's a, you know, she's definitely a... It's just currently being channeled through clothing and the attentions of other male humans of her in her age. Right, 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 right. It. I do agree with you that there's definitely more going on with Quinn, uh, which is why I believe that we should have a segment devoted to it where we track Quinn's feminism. So in the first edition of Quinn the Feminist, I asked writer, actor, and activist Gabby Dunn to give her thoughts on Quinn the Feminist. Okay, first of all, I love this. This is an incredible way to introduce a character and their point of view. And Quinn has 
someone who comes back around from being so anti-feminist that she becomes feminist again. Um, in this sequence, she tells a story about a girl asking for more from her boyfriend, not boyfriend. Um, and it's framed in this way that's supposed to make her seem shallow or only interested in dating or kind of like difficult or something for asking to be treated a certain way. Uh, but it actually comes back now to being sort of awesome and empowering in a way because uh, she stands up for herself and says that it's not her fault if other people are asking her out. She doesn't take the slut-shaming shit or the, you know, taking responsibility for men's actions shit. And, and then uh, she demands more and demands to be treated better. So, actually, this is, like, a super cool Quinn moment to start off with. She doesn't let him claim her without putting in the work. And, um, actually, I think we should probably all be more like Quinn right now. <laughs> oh, am I going to fall in love with her? Then we see Daria established in a first classroom situation, which is a history class. With Mr. DiMartino, whose like eyes are like popping out of his head, like very, very high blood pressure there. He's mm -hmm. just fucking losing it. And we, it's quickly established that Daria is already smarter than anyone else that exists in, in the world. In the world <laughs> and specifically in her classroom. And she pretty quickly gets goes from answering the question correctly and the teacher being pleased to by the time she's raising her hand at the end of the scene him yelling at her for showing off totally well what the people that are in the classroom are like kevin and Brittany, who kevin and Brittany are two of my favorite characters because kevin is so dumb he's uh, like the jock football player and Brittany's the cheerleader right and they're dating uh i love the line um uh, Promise me you'll come back and see me someday when you've got the Heisman Trophy and a chain of auto dealerships and I'm saving up for a second pair of pants. Will you promise me that, Kevin? Sure. Um. So then we get to the family dinner, which kind of looks like lasagna and a side of more pasta. <laughs> I will say, I, I even noticed this just in this first episode, but when I think back to the full show as well, one thing I will give the Morgendorfers is they really made a priority. They made time for each other. Mrs. Morgendorfer, what is her first name? Helen. Helen Morgendorfer. She looks like a Helen. Is a hey girl. What does that mean? Hey girl. Oh, you think she's hot? She She's like the Sheryl Sandberg of the Lawndale world. Well, no, I do really like that this show, you know, especially given that it was in the 90s, was already playing with. Family dynamics. Yeah, and gender stereotypes, and mm -hmm. it's a breadwinning mother. I don't know that I recall if the daddy even has a job. I guess that will be established as we go. He does have a job. I can't remember what it is. I think it's one of those jobs, like, that, uh, it's just like, yeah, he works in, uh, in stocks. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and somehow is always home, like, at home when the kids are home. Right, and he's always wearing a suit. Yes. So... But I I think one of my favorite things about Jake is how insecure he is. Is that right. he's like constantly afraid to like say something wrong or be a bad parent. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Helen's just like a fucking badass. No, she's great, and I I mean, 
it should be obvious, given that the theme of this episode is self-esteem, like, neither of these kids have self-esteem issues. Like, look at the way they're raised. Right, totally. They have this badass mother who, I mean, neither of their parents have ever told them they can't do anything. Right. That's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. But it obviously manifested in very different ways in the personalities of Quinn and Daria. Yeah, and I wonder if their dad being a bottom has anything to do with it. Such a bottom. (laughs) Um... Oh, so so at dinner, um, Quinn is already getting ready to join the pep squad, whereas during their family dinner, the school calls Daria and tell her that she needs to take a special class because she has low self-esteem. Right, which of course concerns both Helen. Morgan Darfer yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and also plants a seed of worry in Quinn that she's going to be ostracized as the sister of the weirdo right. in self-esteem class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a similar experience where when I was in sixth grade, we moved to a new school and my sister's four years older than me and she was like instantly popular and was like the new gal like on the cheerleading squad or pom squad. I can't remember. Wait, and how much older did you say she is? Four years older. So she was a senior and you were a freshman? Uh, I was in sixth grade. Okay. And so she was like in high school. She was like a sophomore or something. But I was very unpopular and I spent probably the first semester in my counselor's office oh little bit it was really sad i used to go to the nurse's office like every day mrs coons i used to go to the shout nurse- out mrs coons shout Where out to, shout out to donna coons for sure she's gonna be a listener yeah um because i used to go to the nurse's office like every single day basically that's really heartbreaking yeah so you're basically in daria's position but without the confidence yeah. I mean, I definitely, in junior high school, I definitely had a similar situation with the lunchroom where there was kind of the unofficial official designation of the spots mm-hmm. where you kind of get established sitting in a specific spot. And that one day I got to lunch and this chick, Megan, was sitting in my spot and everyone at my table just kind of like wouldn't make eye contact with me and mm-hmm. I had to go sit at a new table. It was like I had been muscled out of the of the table damn yeah yeah uh junior especially junior high kids are pretty vicious i felt like junior high was more vicious than i'm surprised that they didn't have like a lunchroom scene or something in daria because i feel like they don't ever in the first episode oh yeah Yeah. i mean i feel like the cafeteria is the place where you find out what you're made of you know what i mean especially when you move to a new school yeah and the and the gym what I, I the only time I was ever bullied was in a gym. Really? This was all. <laughs> I feel like the only time I maybe was a bully was in gym. See, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I one time only because I'm really competitive. I am also competitive, but I I was not bullied during any sporting event. I was bullied in the bathroom oh. of the locker room. What? So I it's a whole thing. But there was this this woman. There was this girl Nina who was an eighth grader, and I was a sixth grader. And I Did was... she see your boobs or something? No. So the incident started coming out of band practice. Mm-hmm. So I came out of band practice and my saxophone case accidentally tripped her. <laughs> this is true. And she thought I did it on purpose. And then she just kind of stalked me for a few days at school. And then when I was in gym, I went into a stall and she followed me into the stall. And I was like, hey, I've, I've heard that you've been 
talking to your your cousins to come beat me up because I had a bunch of like older boy cousins Mm -hmm. and just this entire narrative had been created in her mind where I had this whole posse of people wanting to beat her up which was kind of awesome because I hadn't (laughs) been asking or talking about it at all I just just want to bring everyone back to the fact that it was over the fact that Laura had her saxophone in a case and this chick tripped over it yeah this is true and I just got I just had my mom the dramatic much Nina I know, Nina. I mean, Nina had some issues, though. Take Even... it easy, Neens. <laughs> Neensters. <laughs> I wish I could remember her last name. Another shout out. But anyway, but also, I just want to say the other really important thing that happened um, at the midpoint when we have the dinner scene is we get the, maybe the most iconic line from Daria. Which is, I don't have low self-esteem. I have low esteem for everyone else. So then Daria gets to go to her first self-esteem class. She gets to. She gets the opportunity. And she meets her soulmate. Jane. Mr. O'Neill. <laughs> I think, um, well, first of all, can we just, like, talk about the fact that she's going to self-esteem class? I think that is, how sick would it be if we all took self-esteem class? And you mean sick as in the 90s use of sick. Like, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish we all... Like, it's basically therapy. Like, Mr. O'Neill, who, you know, defies masculinity, he's, like, a therapist teacher, but also probably because, like, teacher salary is really low that he needs to, you know, supplement with after-school activities. But he's also phoning it in a little bit. Oh, totally. He's memorized the speech. Yeah. Like, he doesn't... I don't know if he really, like, embody... Like, I don't know if he really understands what he's saying. No, and he doesn't remember his students. He can't get... Daria's name right right he doesn't remember that Jane has taken this class multiple times totally so yeah so Daria meets her soulmate meets Jane Lane a cool punk artsy chick with a triple ear piercing and cool combat boots did you know anyone with a triple ear piercing no yeah that's because they're the fucking coolest people right no one that cool into my high in high school it's basically like I know how to endure pain that's what a triple ear piercing says to me. She for sure gave herself at least one of those. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like with a safety pin. Mm-hmm. Um, their bonding element is obviously apathy. And uh, then they walk to Daria's house, which is fucking huge, by the way. It's like a mansion. Yeah, I, I can already tell I'm going to get pretty annoyed with how much privilege Daria has, given how negative she is but i mean i i just wonder if the re-watching is gonna make me idealize her a little bit less right if the like where it's like girl you can't be that pissed when like she actually like made her room look shitty you know, i don't know if you remember her room but she actually made her room look like shittier than it actually is right she needs some she she needs some perspective i think she does um so when they get back to her well when dari gets back to her house mansion when she gets back to her mansion um she finds that her mom has taken the day off to help Daria with her self-esteem, um, but then just takes her pantsuit shopping for Helen. <laughs> exactly. Helen was with her before being with her was a thing. Like, Helen was the original I'm with her chick. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She was in Pantsuit Nation. For sure. She yeah. maybe started Pantsuit Nation. And I also think that she was one of the women in Pantsuit Nation, like one of the white women who was like talking about her struggle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of intersectionality with Helen. No, 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 no. no. And so then we're back 
at school and we see Quinn getting hit on and she uh, tells the guy that she's an only child. Which Daria overhears, of course. Right. Uh, high school's brutal. Um, and then we're back in low self-esteem class. And Mr. O'Neill suggests that everyone does a visualization of something that, what was it, like something they want? Like something yeah, they want it was to like, manifest? Yeah, like visualize, like kind of like a, like whatever the high school version of a vision board is. Your daydream. I think he called it the daydream. Yeah. And Daria said that she wanted to see her whole family doing something together that would make them suffer. Yeah. And so <laughs> they go to this like crazy ass place called Pizza Forest. It looks very fun now, but it's like people dressed up in like giant gopher costumes. The Morgendorfers do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese in a way. And Quinn's super embarrassed. And it, may, and it reminded me of like being in high school and being embarrassed to be seen with your family. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? Slash tripping on mushrooms. Right. That scene was very trippy. I remember just, like, going to, like, Luigi's Pizza mm-hmm. and being so embarrassed to be seen with, like, parents. And now as you get older, you're, like, being with your parents is, like, cool. And you were getting free dinner. Yeah. You get free food. That Why do you care? was the coolest. Yeah. Yes. I needed perspective. Um, and... Then we get our our first glimpse of Jane and Daria hanging out outside of school other than the walk home. And we get our first glimpse, glimpse of the namesake of this podcast, Six Ad Six World, Ad the show within the show, which is sort of the it's like dy- a dystopian news program where right. they just sort of explore everything dark and sordid in the world but i kind of get the sense from the tone at least the tone of the episode within the episode of this episode that they inception i feel like the producers of of six ad world don't know how dark it is do you know what i mean like right. it almost there was almost a vibe like the, for example when they go to the um ufo expo the woman who's conducting the interview is saying, you know, even rational people like to go to these expositions now. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, there's almost a little bit of a tone deafness about the fact that they're showing this side of humanity. Do you know what I mean? Right. There's like a little bit of a, but anyway, the, some of the topics that come up on this episode of Six Ad World are a laxo shake, a shake for old, a delicious shake for old people to help them poop. Um, there is a clip about a deaf blind man who is having an affair with multiple members of the royal family. and Which the... I think is a show on Amazon right now, probably. Yeah, or it could be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could pitch that. Yeah. Anyone Do you want to pitch that? Um, let us know if you guys want to pitch that. And then, uh, last but obviously not least for you is the alien convention. Why did you say for me? Because you like the X-Files. That's right. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> I uh, just wanted to point out that in 1998, when I was a freshman in high school, I too went to an exposition outside of Boston, Massachusetts. It was an X-Files exposition. I thought I was going to get to meet my idol, Jillian Anderson. She was not there. It Was Was just it the... called X-Position? No. Well, they clearly did not think that through. Missed opportunity. Yeah, they did not squeeze the juice out of that one enough. But yeah, Alex Krychek and the Lone Gunman were there, so I got to meet them. Who's that? They were characters on X-Files. I've never watched the X-Files. 
That's okay. We'll do that next. Next, Miles. Okay. But I think I would like to agree with Six Sad World that it's completely normal to be into that stuff. So Daria and Jane decide they need to, or not need to, but they sort of decide it's time to break out of their self-esteem class chains. (laughs) And all that really requires is for them to prove that they can pass the test. Right. Oh, wait, there's one There's one part in the self-esteem class that I loved when Mr. O'Neill was like, now think of ten ways the world would be a sadder place without you in it. And I, like, tried to think about it for a minute. Did you get any? Okay, well, if I didn't exist, then there'd be someone else in this room that has to pay rent. And that's sad. Right, and maybe maybe there would be less financial strain on my parents if they had only had one child instead of two, and maybe they'd, you know, in some ways be living a happier, more debt-free life. Fun fact is that the kid who asks the question is wearing a shirt that has the head on it, which was a short-lived show on MTV. Damn! Whipping out those fun facts. So much fun, that fact. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... So then when they pass the test and they get to leave self-esteem class, they receive a brutal reward. Which is that they have to accept their graduation, basically, at an assembly. With the whole school, and they have to give a speech about having self-esteem now. Do you remember assemblies that you guys used to have? We had, like, weird little creative ones like i had to deliver a personal narrative essay in front of the whole school before. what was it about uh it was about my grandfather's suicide holy shit Not funny but how yeah. old were you uh i was 17 oh my god yeah did you use it as like your college admissions essay no well um i actually don't remember what i what i wrote for my college lost admissions. opportunity there yeah you're right the first round i didn't really get into my first picks so i maybe should have reused that essay but yeah, I, I talked about that in front of most of the school. Um, Holy crap. But we also, my more, my like, that actually went very well. The more embarrassing version of that is we, during high school, this wasn't an official assembly, but it was a nighttime student event in the assembly hall. We had an official assembly hall. And it was a student version of Singled Out, another MTV show. Oh my God, that's creepy. I was a freshman and it was a senior boy that was up you know, for winning a date with. Rapey. And my friends pulled me on stage to compete. And you know how they do the questions where it narrows down the pool based on affinity or like yeah. general questions. So I had seem- seemingly had a lot in common with this boy. And so I was answering a lot of the questions the way he answered them. So I ended up getting to the final round where you have to do challenges where it's like maybe five people left. And my challenge was to serenade him with you are my sunshine so I that doesn't sound like you at all i didn't i didn't choose this for myself (laughs) this was thrust upon me you were asking for it yeah you should have seen what i was wearing braces (laughs) (laughs) and braces we were wearing the same thing junior year and then i got my teeth knocked out with a field hockey stick oh my god later anyway so many stories to be had are they do you have real teeth uh these two front teeth are no they're all real but um that was yeah i mean like i mean whatever your definition of quote-unquote real is yeah you know what i mean (laughs) but they um they you know i had to have a couple root canals but to go back to the you are my sunshine 
I said I sang the first line and then completely froze staring out at the entire school community looking at me and forgot all of the lines and got booed off the stage. Oh my god. And then walking around campus the rest of the school year, which was maybe another two months of my freshman year, people would just see me and start singing that song. That's fucked up. Some dark stuff coming out tonight. Now, when you hear that song, is it like... It's a trigger. Pavlov's be real. Yeah. Yeah, Pavlov. Yeah. <laughs> I just piss myself. <laughs> it's really inconvenient. Like... I mean, thankfully, it's not a it's not a song that comes up much on dates or something like a candlelit date. It's not yeah. like gonna just ima- oh my god, but like I'm picturing in my head, in like the act three of your life, is that you have a child one day who loves that song and sings it to you one day, and then like everything's fixed. That's beautiful, Brittany. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, I wasn't sure if I wanted kids or not, but I guess I do. Yeah, we've decided it right now. You need to like fix that. That's yeah. fucking terrifying. Yeah. So. But that being <laughs> Who did he pick? I need to know more about this statutory singled out situation. Oh, I honestly can't tell you. I, I left I bet they're married. the hall. You know I bet they're married. I hope so. I kind of want to look, look him up. Remember when you were straight? That's I was about to say the exact same thing. I was like, even if we had ended up together, I would have broken his heart. Yeah, and then you'd have to watch the wedding footage of him serenading you with that and just Yeah, I wanna believe that if I had nailed that song, I would be irresistible to him. Like that's what it would have taken. Yeah. Like, it would have been it would have been just green light from then on. Right. Singing is one of those things where like you just wish you knew how to do it so that if the the situation ever arose where it's the night is dependent on you nailing a fucking song or like revenge singing yeah like singing a, a really like you and your ex are at like the same karaoke bar oh, yeah. and you're like up next is laura and then you just fucking whip why did out. you announce me as if you were my ex like you you had you had no, like no, a no. snarl in your voice no, no. up next is laura no i mean you you are the protagonist of this yeah and that your ex is there. Right. And I'm about to make her so sorry. Right. That she ever let me go. Okay, maybe the announcer had some sort of... Maybe the announcer is is into me and is like, up next is Laura. <laughs> oh, that's not... I don't that part. know. <laughs> the types of personalities that karaoke DJs have... Um... I don't think they would be into your intellect. So I would say the most interesting part of this was the self-esteem class. Yeah, I mean, I think they are really flawed in their execution. Like, there's a little bit of, like, adults thinking that they're helping, but actually... In the class. Right. Or even in ostracizing or singling the kids out. Right. Oh, totally. Right. I agree that if there was more like institutionalized Mm self-care methods that were required of everyone, that would be be one thing. But the execution in the Lawndale system is is clearly flawed. (laughs) 
but yeah, in relating it to our own six ad world, I think that, I mean, the era of Daria was before social media, first of all. So right. there was a whole arena of bullying, after hours bullying that wasn't available to the characters just yet. But what I was, you know, what's obviously on my mind more recently was the Trump administration announcing a rollback on many of the transgender protections for students in high schools and middle schools that Obama had set out specifically about or including uh, the transgender students being allowed to use facilities that um, match their identity rather than being forced to um, use it, use any one particular bathroom. One of my favorite things that I read was by Janet Mock. I was about to bring up yeah, the same thing. Who was talking about how when she was 15 or 16, that was when, and hopefully I get this all correct, that that was when she started going by Janet and that she was with all of her like other girlfriends and that after lunch or whatever, they would all be going into the women's, like all go into like the girls restroom and that the principal or whoever it was would stop her and be like, no, you have to go all the way to this bathroom over here by yourself. And so it would take away, it took away this 15 year old trans girl from being with all the rest of her friends where that's where she was socialized and that's where she felt like she was herself. And then it made the rest of the kids think that she was different by othering her specifically. You know, who knows why this, you know, authority figure did this, but by othering her, othered her to the kids who didn't wouldn't have seen it that way anyways you know what I mean like mm -hmm. I feel like kids kind of like don't really care you know what I mean like unless yeah unless adults make it a big deal because anything an adult says you just take as fact until that happens everyone is like the same to you right yeah and the piece she wrote it for the New York Times but the piece that Janet Mock wrote she's emphasizing the issue of what happens when adults are injecting their own politics right. into the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. interactions of children. That's why that assembly scene is so brutal because the last thing that they want to do. And also, if you if you have low self-esteem and you have to take a class for it, the last thing you'd want to do is like accept an award at an assembly. You know what I mean? It was just, it is so funny how, especially Mr. O'Neill, his tactics are so well-intentioned but so poorly executed and so, so off base yeah. yeah thank you for listening to the first episode of sick or sadder world if you're looking for where you can watch daria you can actually watch the first full episode on mtv.com we will also put the links to where you can find the show and find more about us on our website sick or sadder world.com